second week of this message series called Get Your Hopes Up. And Pastor Jesse did a fantastic job last week talking about the life of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And we're going to pick up where she left off. But before we get into the message, I wanted to start off by asking you a question. And it's this, has God ever messed up your plans? I ask you that question somewhat facetiously this morning because you all know that, and we can all say that some part of 2020 just hasn't gone like we thought. I've noticed something about parenting young adults. When my kids were little, I used to, you know, get illustrations and tell little cute little stories. And now I'm, I'm seeing as my kids are getting older and they're pursuing uh, their professional careers, now they're teaching me, all right? And so one of the things that I've learned this year or the last couple years from Josiah is that he has this saying. And the saying goes like this. I'm just going to control what I can control. I'm just going to control what I can control. That's his answer for almost every question that dad asks him. Now, that's better than when he was a teenager when I used to get a grunt. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, that kind of thing. Now at least I'm getting a sentence. But before his senior year in college, when it looked like there might be a possibility for him to go to the NFL, I would ask Josiah, I said, do you think you got a shot? And he would say, Dad, I'm just going to control what I can control. During the draft process, I, I would go to him and teams would be calling him during the draft process. I think uh, 28 teams or so reached out to him and I would say, well, what do you think? Who, who do you think? Where do you think you're going to end up? Dad? I'm just going to control what I can control. And then COVID-19 hits, disrupts everything. He stays home longer than we want him to, right? And all the NFL norms go out the window. Instead of leaving immediately after he's drafted, he doesn't end, leave till July. Son, what's going to happen, Dad? I'm just going to control what I can control. Preseason practice hits. Now he's competing for a starting position. Son, do you think you got a chance to play with an all-time great Aaron Rodgers? Dad, I'm just going to control what I can control. And then a season-ending injury on Monday night football. Son, are you okay? What do you think the first words out of his mouth were? Dad, I'm just going to control what I can control. You see, just like Josiah's experience in 2020, things have not gone according to what he had planned. But now he has shifted his focus on God's purpose that is coming, come on, not only from the pain, but his change in plans. Proverbs 16, 9 says, a man plans his way, but the Lord 
directs his steps. Proverbs 19.21, many plans are in a man's mind, but it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand and be carried out, the Amplified says. You see, sometimes we can get our focus so much on our plan, we lose sight of God's purpose when our plans are disrupted and interrupted because of external circumstances and things what? that By things that are out of our control. You see, I want to encourage you and let you know today that sometimes God will use the external circumstances of life things that you can't control to bring our focus back on the eternal things that are beyond this life. And if there is one thing that God has done this year, listen, he has, listen, he has dimmed the lights on the temporary, at least for real life church, at least for this pastor. He has dimmed the lights on this world and he has highlighted the impact that we can make in eternity. And as we jump into this message today, I want to encourage you that no matter what your external circumstances are currently, your external circumstances do not have control over God's eternal purpose in your life. In fact, God will use the external to bring forth the eternal if we yield to the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to say to you today. Because we can say that, I believe God is telling us, church, you can get your hopes up. Church, you can get your hopes up. We pick up the story where Pastor Jesse left off last week. Again, the story of Zacharias and Elizabeth. And we look at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. 12 verses today, but let me give you a little bit of background. The, the scene now shifts from Zacharias ministering the temple in Jerusalem. You have to understand that Jerusalem was the center of spiritual activity. And now the scene shifts away. Listen, listen, from the priest ministering in the temple, in the spiritual center, listen, where all the good stuff happened, the scene shifts now to a small, obscure, insignificant village called Nazareth, where it has been said in John 1.46, it says that no good thing will ever come out of Nazareth. No good thing will ever come out of that city. And then Luke, he identifies Mary as a virgin. She's engaged to Joseph, and she was pledged to him sometime in the previous year, you see, there was two parts to a Jewish betrothal. The first one was a formal engagement, including a contract and an exchange of a bridal price. And then a year later, the wedding would happen. So it's sometime during this timeline between the time where they got engaged to the time where they're preparing, come on, their plans for a wedding, listen, that heaven disrupts their wedding plans. Let's read about it in Luke 1, verse 26. And again, we're going to read all the way to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph 
of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, what you talking about, Willis, right? Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered to answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her i want to give you real quickly three ways to get your hopes up three ways to get your hopes up if you want the notes you can go to you version they're right there also if you're watching online at rlcsac.com the notes are there as well and listen Give us some social media love while you're at it. Listen, if you hear a, something that, that impacts you, be a social media evangelist today. Tweet it, Facebook it, Instagram it. Do what you do. Listen, interact with our pastors online as well. This, let's have church today online, amen? It leads me to my first point, that you have to know that God is pursuing you. You have to know that God is pursuing you in this season. You see, Mary had a holy visitation. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, listen to this, was sent from God. An angel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Sometimes... If I'm honest, listen, I think we can feel pretty good about how we're pursuing God. Come on. We're proud of our prayer life. Come on. We're proud of of, of our time spending in the Word. And all those things are important. But listen, can I encourage you today? God started pursuing you before you even thought of pursuing Him. 1 John 4.10, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And all I'm trying to say this morning, listen, is this, take the pressure off yourself. Just like you are hungry for God this morning, just like you're longing to pursue God this morning, listen, God is pursuing you. God is being fervent about his pursuit of your heart. Jesus came to take away what stood in the way between between you and a relationship with him. We see this holy pursuit from God to his people throughout Scripture. Titus 3 and 4, 
gives us this picture again. It says, but when the kindness and the love of God our Savior, listen to this, toward man appeared. I love that. God takes a step towards us before we even started thinking about taking a step towards him. Listen, we don't get credit for that. Listen, God pursued us. Not by works of righteousness, Titus says, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. You see, one of the things that stands out to me in the Christmas story, and one of the things that I've been realizing the last several years, listen, is the Christmas story is our story. The Christmas story is a, is a story for you and I. We find our story in this story. And one of the things that stands out to me as I read Luke 1 is, is God pursues us when we think all hope is gone. That's what he did in the life of Zacharias and Elizabeth who were beyond their years of childbearing. Wait, they didn't even think about having kids anymore. And God breaks into their barrenness. And then we see this in the life of Mary. He pursues Mary because he desires to include someone in the story, in his story, that none of us would include. Why? To bring Jesus, to bring hope into a dark world. You see, in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth, he broke the silence with his word. And then in the life of Joseph and Mary, he broke into their wedding plans with his ways. And I just believe, I dare to believe that this Christmas, God wants to break into your life and not just give you relief of a tough year, but a belief in a God who is near, a belief in a God who is pursuing you, a belief in a God who is caring and concerned about your well-being, a God who has a better plan, a bigger purpose for your life than you are currently experiencing pre-COVID. That's the God I serve. Luke 1, 28, 30, it says, And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. It says Mary was troubled at the saying in King James, in the King James, it says she was troubled at a saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this was. If you look that up in the original language, that word, that phrase cast in her mind, it actually means in the original language that she disputed what the angel spoke over her. In other words, the angel said, Oh, highly favored one. And Mary looked around the room. Who, me? And she began to cast in her mind. She began to dispute. God, you can't be talking about me. God, you can't be talking. I'm only a teenager. God, you can't be talking about I'm a woman. God, you can't be talking about me. I'm from Nazareth. You know the place where no good thing will come out of? You can't be calling me favored. 
You see, the greeting of being highly favored would be unusual to a person who saw themselves as lowly and forgotten. Her age would have disqualified her. Her gender would have disqualified her. Her being a Galilean villager together would have given her, listen, a little social standing. But how many of you know the good news of heaven delivered on that day was that it didn't discriminate. Listen, because it doesn't matter your social standing. What matters is your right standing with God. 1 Corinthians 26 to 29, it's one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture because this is my life. This is, I, I see my life in this Scripture. It says, for consider your calling, brothers, sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Yep, I can check that one off. Not many were powerful. Yep, I can check that one off. Not many were of noble birth. Oh, I could definitely check that one. But God chose what is foolish. Yep, I can check that box too. In the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of of God. Oh, highly favored one. I, God doesn't care this morning whether you feel lowly and forgotten. God sees what we do not see. I love what the Matthew Henry's commentary says. It says this, that no distance or disadvantage of place shall be a prejudice to those for whom God has favors in store. Let me read that again. No distance or disadvantage of place shall be a prejudice to those for whom God has favors in store. The angel said, Mary, the Lord is with you. Mary, the Lord is with you. You see, some of you like Mary. Listen, you would dispute and argue this morning with an angel. Come on, I'm here to tell you this morning, don't be troubled at what God says about you. Don't be troubled about what, how God sees you. Don't be troubled about the things heaven declares over your life. Don't be troubled about where God found you because how many know he'll take you from that place and he'll get you to your destination. Don't be troubled by what others are going to think about you and say about you. And I'm just going to say this and lie about you. Don't be concerned with none of that message. Why? Because you did nothing to earn God's approval on your own anyway. You and I did nothing in our own strength to find his favor. In fact, the truth is God's favor found you before we were ready. God's favor found you and I before we thought we deserved it. God's favor found you and I before we were old enough, before we were good enough, before we were experienced enough. Psalm 84, 11 says, For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And that's the good news of the gospel, folks. That, listen, God pursues us. He pursues us with his love. He pursues us with his mercy. He pursues us with his grace. He pursues us with everything that he has. The good news of the gospel 
I remember I was a senior. I just accepted Christ at the end of my senior year in high school, and I had a lot of plans. I had plans, and some of those plans I kept. Probably shouldn't have kept them, but I kept them, and I ended up going to Oahu, Hawaii uh, with some friends and, you know, the influences that I had before I was saved, and I just figured, you know what, I'll get, uh, I'll get out of California for 10 days. Nobody will ever know. And uh, I could just feel, even as a new believer, I could just tell the Holy Spirit uh, was, was, I'll just say this, churning on the inside. And I remember getting to Oahu, and I was with a couple of friends who actually had given their hearts to Christ too, but we were just kind of doing our own thing, keeping our plan, and and when you walk the streets of Oahu, at least back then, it's been many years now, uh, we were walking the streets, and you're just getting handed brochures just constantly. Hey, go on, you know, go on this day cruise, go to this club, do this, do that. And so you're just, I mean, by the time you get done, you got just a handful of brochures. And I remember one day, I was just, I kind of just, this guy held out this brochure, and I snatched it from him, and I said, I, I did just like this. I said, give me that. And I looked, and it was a track. If you don't know what a track is, it was a gospel track. And I looked down at it, and I stopped. And my buddy who had got saved at the end of the season, he stopped and looked at it too. And the question on the front of the track said, how much does Jesus love you? And so I opened it up, and it was Jesus stretched out on a cross, and all it said across in a diagonal way it was Jesus stretching on the cross. It said, this much. My friend looked at it. He said, come on, man, put that away. I actually kept that track in my Bible for many years just to remind me of God's pursuit. We left from there. Listen, we left from there, and all of a sudden, probably 50 yards down the street, we run into another group. This is a group now, and they're in a circle. I now know that they were YWAMers. I don't know, youth with a mission. They were YWAMers, and they were outside this storefront, and they were singing, and they were praising God and sharing testimony. And I remember my friend and I walking up, and listen, I was just captivated because I had just been handed a track, and now, listen, God had put YWAMers in my path. And I was captivated. Why? Because how many know you can't outrun God? God, listen, God is chasing you. He is pursuing you. It doesn't matter. Listen, if you fly to Hawaii, God is on the move. He wants your heart. He wants your life. And I remember just standing there being captivated, being, come on, how you know it was the Holy Spirit, being drawn in by the testimonies. And I remember my friend saying, hey, man, we got to go. And he said, let's go into the store. And so we go into the store, and, and we're shopping, and a no lie, no lie, we're in the store, not even like five minutes, and all the power goes out. Like, all the lights go out, it's like, and my friend just freaks out, he's all, come on, dude, God's after us, and we just like run to the beach or something, I can't even remember what we did, but my point is this, listen, God is after you in this season, listen, God is pursuing you. And he's persistent about that pursuit. It leads me to my second point, that 
We need to know in this season that God is preparing you for his plan and his purpose. You see, Mary had a holy visitation, but she also was a holy vessel. Why don't you say this, just declare this right where you're at. Just say, I am a chosen vessel. Just say, just say, I am a chosen vessel right where you're at. And just allow the confidence, listen, of the Holy Spirit to rise up in you. I am a chosen vessel. Luke 1, 31, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. This was the promise that we read earlier. And I want to say this about Mary. Mary kept herself pure before she ever conceived God's plan. You see, your private history with God, your private history with God can change the history of the world. Listen, I know we, we say that. Listen, I'm going to be a world changer. But listen, your private history with God, your devotional time, the, pray, the prayers that you're praying now, listen, can ultimately change the world. You see, when you and I determine to separate ourselves from the negative influences of our culture, how many know we can get our hopes up? When you and I understand that we didn't choose God, but God chose us, we can get our hopes up. And Mary's decisions, because how many know we have a responsibility to partner with God? He doesn't do it all by himself. We play a part in the plans and the purposes of God. Mary's decisions prepared her for God's divine plan and purpose. And listen, for heaven to disrupt her life and use her as a chosen vessel. In fact, our faith hinges Listen, our faith hinges on this historical account of the virgin birth. I don't think we talk about it enough. That Jesus Christ was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin mother, without the participation of a human father. Why is this important? Because there's five pillars of uh, five pillars that Christianity, the, our faith in Christianity rests upon. It's the virgin birth. Listen, how we know if we don't believe in the virgin birth, we can't get to the other four, which is his virtuous life, Jesus' vicarious death, his victorious resurrection, and the visible return of Jesus Christ. It all starts, come on, with a virgin named Mary who was pure, who separated herself. Little did she know for the plan that God had. You see, the virgin, the virgin birth satisfies all three requirements so we could experience reconciliation, restoration, and relationship with Jesus. Come on, a spotless lamb, a sinless lamb. And the, in verse 34, it says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be? since I am a virgin. You know, it's not an unreasonable question, right? You get this visitation. You're called a chosen vessel. God just says, hey, you're, you're going to be my chosen vessel to birth the Son of God into the world. She says, uh, how's this going to happen? It's not an unreasonable question, but it's hard to wrap your mind around when you're confronted with something that seems impossible. You see, some of you might be asking yourself that same question. How will this 
be? How is this going to happen? How am I going to get healed? How, God, in the world are you going to get me out of debt? God, how in the world are you going to get me out of this situation that I've gotten myself into? God, how will this be? This sounds more scandalous to me than miraculous. This sounds more ridiculous than marvelous. But how many know, like Pastor Damien said, I believe it was last week during communion or one of his messages, he said, we've got to experience the ridiculous before we encounter the miraculous. <clears throat> Amy and I, when we were on vacation in September, uh, we, were, uh, we wrapped up our vacation in Colorado and we went downtown Denver. Um, and I, have a, uh, I knew I had a, a friend there, but didn't know if we'd have time to see him. But we were going to the Botanical Gardens in downtown Denver. And as we were driving there, uh, I looked to the right as we were driving down. And right in the middle of downtown, a beautiful uh, neighborhood in downtown Denver, there was just this huge, I would just say, uh, cathedral, just a beautiful church in the middle of downtown uh, Denver, and I looked at the sign, and it said Pearl Church. I said, babe, that's Doug's church. That's Doug Lazich's church. I, I, I actually, when I met him 10 years ago, uh, he was just planting the church, and here he is. He's right in downtown, and so um, we went home later that day, and I, I text Doug. I said, hey, man, I would love to just come down and just talk with you, but to be honest with you, I want to hear the story on how you got the building. And so Amy and I went down uh, the next, I think, towards the end of the week. And, and Doug made room in a schedule and uh, invited us in his office when we got there. Beautiful building. Beautiful building. This, this building had so much history about what God had done uh, and how God had used this building uh, in the early uh, late 70s, early 80s, it was one of the first mega churches in the western United States. Uh, a beautiful history. And so Doug invited us up in his office, and I said, hey, man, build my faith up. I want to hear how you got this building. And he says, uh, you don't have enough time. I said, oh, give me the shortened version. And so he began to tell a story. He said, he said Dean, you've got to understand. He said, <clears throat> before we landed here, it's been 10 years in over 20 different locations. He said, we went from place to place. We'd have a building for, for a few months, and that would get the lease would get yanked out from under us. We, we moved over 20 different times. And he said, we got to a place. We're in year, he says, we're in year 10. And he says, we're, we're out of money. We literally don't have any place to go. He says, I've got $7,000 in the bank. That's it. He says, I was going to pay my staff the $7,000 and just say, you know what? We need a miracle. If God doesn't come through, the Pearl Church is done. We're finished. We're walking away. And little did he know God was going to ask him because he was going to pay his staff the $7,000. And, and, and then just look to God and say, God, what do you want? <clears throat> Instead of paying his staff, God checked him and said, I need you to give that $7,000 away to missions and ministries. And so he gave that seven. He said, it's, he said, it wasn't about the amount, Dean. It was about our obedience. It was about our obedience. He said, we sowed that 7,000 in different church plants. I, he said, we, I think he said two different church plants they sowed that money into. And he said, 
He said, miraculously, money just started hitting our website, just started hitting our website. But he said, that was just the beginning. That was just God providing for us because we said yes to, uh, we said yes to him and was obedient in giving that money away. He said, the, the real miracle happened two days later. He said, when the pastor who was pastoring this building, this, this building has a thousand seat sanctuary, you guys. A thousand seat sanctuary, beautiful campus. He said, Dean, this church was running 60 people. He said it was all but dead. He said, I had reached out to this pastor uh, a year or two before, and he said, I had, had sat down and had coffee with him. But since then, he said, I had no contact with this guy. He knew about us, we knew about them. And he said, that was about it. But he said, two days later, he said, I got a call from this pastor. He said, I met him for coffee, and he said, we chit-chatted a little while. He said, he said, Pastor Doug, he said, the reason why I want to meet with you is because a couple, he said, a couple of weeks ago, he said, I had a dream, and he said, in the dream, I was handing you the keys to our building. He said, I don't do, he said, I don't move on things like that without the discussing with my board and and I told my board what I had dreamed, and they just felt like we were just in this big uphill battle. This church has been in decline for many years, and there's no turnaround inside, and God's doing something fresh at the Pearl Church. And our board has agreed to hand over the keys to your church, Doug. And Doug was just, he was blown away. Why was he blown away? Because that building cost $30 million. 30, what would be impossible? Come on, with $7,000 in your bank account. How many of you got with God? All things are possible. God, how will this be? The answer to that question is the answer to your questions this morning. And it leads me to my last and final point. You have to know that with God, all things are possible. You see, Mary had a holy visitation. Mary was a chosen vessel. And Mary received a holy validation. Pastor Dean, what are you talking about? Listen, it's in times like these, in seasons like these, in a pandemic like the one we're in. Listen, when you and I, listen, we don't need somebody's opinion. No, we don't need somebody's good idea. We don't need somebody's thoughts. No, 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 no. We need a holy validation from God, from the Holy Spirit in this hour. You see, there's a lot of different ways to describe God's validation on and in your life. But let me give you a couple that I've heard over the years, and I've said them myself. This is how we describe it. We'll say things like, God's fingerprints were all over it. You guys have said that before, right? You said God showed up and God showed out, right? You said God moved in that service. You said God provided all my needs according to his riches in glory. It's your way of communicating that, listen, when I stepped out, listen, God met me. When I stepped out, the Holy Spirit validated what he called me to do. We say things like God spoke to me, right? Why do we say that? Because, listen, all of us, listen, are longing to be validated. But the only validation we need 
is a holy validation from the Holy Ghost. Mary said, how are you going to validate a little old virgin like me from Galilee? And the angel answered her in verse 35 and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy Son of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That same phrase is the same verb that we see in Acts 1.8 of the Spirit's coming upon. Listen, the, the believers at Pentecost overshadow, that word overshadow, the Most High will overshadow you. It paints the picture of the glory of God filling the temple. And in this case, the power and presence of God is filling Mary with hope and giving her faith. For the impossible, we need the power of the Holy Spirit like never before in our lives. And we need the assurance of the presence of God leading us, come on, and coming behind us in this hour. You see, today I want to declare to you whether it's your health, whether it's your job, whether it's your finances, your marriage. Maybe you're praying for a family member to get saved. You may be dealing with loss and grief. You may be battling some type of addiction. You may be listening this morning and just thinking, I want to get my life right with God. Can I tell you today, with the Holy Spirit and with the presence of God, all things are possible. You see, we've got to understand, listen, that Christmas is about Christianity being birthed in the midst of impossibility. Listen, no one one would have ever thought the church would be in the position it is today. Church is doing all kinds of different things. Listen, facing all kinds of impossible situations. But guess what? We serve a God who specializes in the impossible. You see, when there's no way, when there's no way, God makes a way. And in Luke chapter 2, He gives us two critical ways to get our hopes up. He said the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And I just feel the presence of Jesus coming in and listen, giving you a holy visitation right now in your family room, right now in your car, wherever you're at in this building, the few volunteers that we have, our worship team in here this morning. Listen, a holy visitation. The Holy Spirit is coming in your situation. He's touching your body. He's renewing your mind. He's bringing refreshing and renewing into your life. And you would just open your hands and open your heart. And you would say, God, I receive, I would, I receive your Holy Spirit today. God, I acknowledge your presence in my space today. God, I need a holy visitation. Because God wants to reassure you, listen, that you're a holy vessel. That God didn't bring you this far. He didn't bring you this far, believer, to leave you hanging. He didn't bring you this far, believer, to say, well, I don't know what to do. No, he brought you this far, come on, to bring you over the top, to let that mountain that's in front of you be removed. 
Verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. I believe, listen, we've already heard it the last several weeks. People are experiencing healing in our body. That's a Holy Ghost validation. Come on, that He's our healer. That He's our healer. People being healed emotionally. Come on, He's our comforter. That's the validation of the Holy Spirit. People experiencing peace in the midst of chaos and confusion. That's a holy validation from the Holy Spirit and the presence of the living God. For with God, for with God, all things are possible. And Mary said this, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Can we just say that this morning as we close today? Can you just say, let it be to me according to your word? Can you say that? Let it be to me, Lord Jesus. Let it be to me, Holy Spirit, according to your word. That's the good news this morning. It's the good news that God's favor is coming to your house. It's the good news that God's love is invading your house. It's the good news that God's mercy is knocking on your door. It's good news this morning that there's a new beginning that's coming your way. It's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we can get our hopes up. We've got to know, I'm going to close. We've got to know that God is pursuing us in this season. Listen, some of us, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Listen, God's not up in heaven puzzled. Listen, some of us don't know how to pursue God outside of a Sunday service. Listen, God is pursuing you right where you're at. Listen, let them validate you right now. I just see somebody, I just see somebody getting blessed right now, getting ministered to. In fact, if you're in a room with other believers, listen, will you lay hands on one another and just pray for one another right now? Allow the Holy Spirit to use you right in your home. Listen, you don't need a preacher right there by your side. Listen, you can do it. Just lay a hand on your husband, your spouse, your children, whoever's around you. Will you just lay a hand and just allow the Holy Spirit to validate what he's doing in your life right now? All over Sacramento, every household that's represented from real life. Listen, there's a holy validation upon your home today. We've got to know that God is pursuing us. We've got to know that God is preparing us for his plans and his purpose. And lastly, church, we've got to know that with God, come on, so many testimonies. In fact, I had to leave a story out. Another test, I'll share it next week. Listen, so many testimonies. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. Father, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for the holy visitation. God, we thank you for fresh encounters, God. 
fresh encounters in our homes, fresh encounters, God, wherever we go, whoever we're with, we pray for holy visitations. God, we pray that your people, God, would awaken to the call that you've chosen them as your vessel in this hour. And I just pray for a holy validation of your Holy Spirit today, a confidence, a boldness to rise up in the people of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, if you're watching maybe for the first time, listen, let one of our online pastors know who you are. You can click the guest link. If you need prayer, you can, keep, you can click the prayer link. Whatever it may be, if you need to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, click that link. Whatever you need, our pastors are online to, to minister to you right now. Church, thank you again for joining us this morning. I want to encourage you. Uh, to, we have the toy drive coming up. Uh, if you have a, a, a batch of toys to drop off, you can bring those to the office Monday through uh, Friday, I believe, 9 to 4 o'clock, so you can drop toys off. We've already got a whole bunch. I delivered some this week for the SAC Santa Sheriff prog uh, Project. And then listen, if you're watching and you know a family that attends real life, we love to minister to our families that are having a tough time in this season as well. Tomorrow is the last time to register a family that you know that's in our body that has a need. So you can email Carol Battle or you can contact the church office and we'd love to minister to that family. So thank you for letting us know. Again, thank you guys for being with us. Uh, join us for Tuesday. This Wednesday we'll be live again as we close out our year, our midweek for the year. Join us and we'll see you guys. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We love you. We'll talk to you soon.